Section 22 of National Geographic Magazine, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Cartography and Observations of Bering's First Voyage by General A. W. Greeley, Part 2. Another question which has engaged my attention is that concerning the lunar eclipses which Bering or his party is said to have observed in the winter 1728-29. Dahl says, quote, In none of the published reports of the expedition is any mention made by Bering or his officers of the occurrence or observation of an eclipse. However, Middendorf states that Bering and his lieutenants in the years 1728 and 1729 observed in Kamchatka two eclipses of the moon by which they corrected the longitude. He gives, says Dahl, no authority for this statement, and it is probable that an eclipse observed at Ilimsk in middle Siberia by Chirikov is thus erroneously referred to, unquote. Mr. Marcus Baker, in a paper appended to Dahl's account, makes it evident that such eclipses, if any, were those of February the 25th, local calendar, 1728, or February the 24th, 1729. My own investigations confirm the statements of Mittendorf, and in support of this I refer to De Lille and to the author of the letter. In this connection, however, we have the clear and definite statements of De Lille, both in his essays of 1738 at St. Petersburg and his memoir of 1752 at Paris. These statements are fully confirmed by the evidence of the Russian marine officer, who certainly served with Bering in his later expeditions, if not in the first, and whose familiarity with all the records and papers should have enabled him definitely to contradict De Lille on the main question instead of correcting him in details. In his St. Petersburg Memoirs of 1738, page 10, Delisle writes, On verra à cette occasion la situation de Kamchatka déterminée par deux éclipses de lune que Monsieur le Capitaine Bering et Sagan y sont observés dans leur premier voyage, the expedition 1725 to 30, et dont j'ai rendu compte à l'académie aussitôt que ses observations m'ont été communiquées. Unquote. In the paper of Paris, 1752, Nouvelle découverte au nord de la mer du Sud, De Lille says on this point, quote, Captain Bering and his lieutenant likewise took observations at Kamchatka of two eclipses of the moon in the years 1728 and 1729, which helped me to chart the longitude of that eastern extremity of Asia with all the precision which the nature of these observations made by seamen and with their own instruments would admit of. But these first determinations have been since confirmed by observations on Jupiter's satellites taken in that place with the utmost accuracy by my brother and some Russians conversant in this kind of observations and who were provided with the best of instruments. Unquote. It appears to me possible that the report on the eclipses of the moon made by de Lille to the St. Petersburg Academy of Sciences might be traced up among the archives of that society. In searching for information on this point, it was learned from Mr. O. Fasik, librarian of the Signal Office, that among the unpublished manuscripts in the Pulkova Library, St. Petersburg, were a number by de Lille. 
a list of the manuscripts of monsieur de lille was compiled and published in eighteen forty four by the distinguished astronometer or struve and among the number is one entitled observation pour la longitude du kamchat du cinco clout aussi de tobolsk seventeen twenty nine manuscript it was reasonable in view of delille's statements in seventeen thirty eight to suppose that this is the report made to the academy by him as soon as the observations were furnished him i had hoped to present with this sketch definite information on this point since a kinsman of the collator of the manuscript i refer to the very distinguished representative of russia to the united states mr de struve most courteously offered his valuable mediation in the matter unfortunately i have as yet no further information but i expect a communication as to the contents of the manuscript at an early day criticizing the memoir of de lille of seventeen fifty two the russian officer ridicules the author for speaking of kamchatka as a town but he adds quote, it is certain likewise that mr bering and his lieutenant mr chirikov quoting from de lille's memoir of seventeen fifty two had in the years seventeen twenty eight and seventeen twenty nine observed at kamchatka two eclipses of the moon but that by these observations m de lille was unable to determine the longitude of this most eastern part of asia with such precision that the same had been confirmed in the second expedition by precise observations of the satellites of jupiter is what i cannot well conceive mr de lille himself intimates that Mrs. bering and chirikov were not provided with astronomical instruments they observed both these eclipses by their help not of pendulums but of their watches without being able to know whether they went right or wrong which makes it almost incredible that a determination based on these two eclipses should exactly agree with that deduced from the observations of jupiter's satellites Unquote. the officer from his own account served with bering in the introduction to un letter he says quote, the orders of your excellency to whom the letter was addressed as written by his orders will be complied with by me with more than one inspiring motive and i shall not dwell on my unfitness although i could find excellent pretext for such an excuse inasmuch as many of greater experience and equal application participated with me in the discoveries which resulted from the two voyages called by us the kamchatkan expeditions the only grounds on which preference could be shown me over them arise from my being charged after my return from america with a comparison of the journal of the various vessels together and with whatever was elsewhere to be found relative to lands situated in the south sea in order to therefrom construct a map which should accurately represent them all Unquote. This officer, then, should be the very best authority on this question, especially as he gives details, is always exact in his dates, and sets no value on the observations. Whether or not such observations of lunar eclipses took place, these extracts tend to confirm Dahl's opinion that they serve no purpose in determining the longitude of Kamchatka. The letter and its author are worth some attention at our hands as has been said it was published anonymously and i do not know that its authorship has ever been traced it appears from the letter that the writer was an officer of the russian navy that he was a russian that he was on familiar terms with both bering and de lille that he acted as interpreter between them in seventeen thirty to seventeen thirty one that he was with bering in his last voyage to america and was one of the shipwrecked mariners on bering island and that on his return to st petersburg he was charged with the compilations from the various ship journals 
as the naval officer states he was with bering on bering island it is evident that it must have been either sven waxel sofron chitrov or steller the well-known scientific professor serving with bering's expedition it could not have been steller since the professor was a german and moreover he died in november seventeen forty six prior to the date of the letter it is improbable that it was chitrov who was originally in a subordinate position as a master of fleet but while serving in kamchatka and prior to bering's second voyage was made a lieutenant it is not likely that a subordinate of chitrov's position should have been so situated in st petersburg as to have served as an interpreter between bering and delille it is therefore more than probable that lieutenant sven waxel was the author of the letter in further confirmation this officer says that he is charged with the preparation of a chart out of the material furnished by the maps and journals of the separate vessels as we know from other sources waxel later made a chart of the kamchatka region waxel displayed great energy and excellent judgment in conducting affairs on bering island both before and after bering's death and it is gratifying to note his intellectual discrimination in dealing with delille's fictitious account of a journey in america said to have been made by the admiral de font waxel skilfully dissects this geographical invention clearly proving its inconsistencies while geographical writers in england were engaged years later in endeavouring to prove its truthfulness it is significant that although waxel omits any reference to it the following paragraph which is evidently intended to be exculpatory of bering's turning back at the most northerly point of his first voyage forms part of bering's report as translated by dahl neither from the chukchi coast nor to the eastward could any extension of the land be observed unquote. this very important sentence does not appear in duhald's account and evidently was not in the copy which was furnished him possibly the person who furnished the copy to duhald omitted it elsewhere waxel adds quote, i say nothing here which i have not repeatedly heard mr bering say i also saw his instructions unquote this gives value to his statements in reference to bering's efforts to find land east of avacha bay whereof waxel quotes de lille as saying quote, on his return to kamchatka in seventeen twenty nine mr bering learned that there was a land to the east which could be seen in clear fine weather he attempted to go thither after having repaired the damage his vessel had suffered in a storm the second attempt was fruitless for after sailing about forty leagues to the east without seeing land he was assailed by a violent tempest and a contrary wind which quickly drove him back to the port whence he had emerged unquote. in criticism waxel adds quote, would not this narrative lead one to believe that the second attempt of mr bering had been made immediately after the first voyage in seventeen twenty nine however it was entirely otherwise before making this journey mr bering wintered at kamchatka set sail only on june the fifth seventeen twenty nine and without intending to return to the port which he was quitting doubled the southern point of kamchatka and went straight to the mouth of the river Reka, and thence to orchatsk he further says quote, perhaps it may appear strange that mr bering during this voyage did not fall in with the island bering island whereon he was shipwrecked during his second expedition but the isle might have been hidden by fogs which are very common in that sea waxel's account of the second voyage is worth translating being the plain tale of a participant who is as modest as he is truthful for waxel nowhere mentions his own name nor the efficient service he rendered first to his chief and later to his shipwrecked comrades 
he writes in un latter as follows quote, let us now come to the details of the second expedition which m de lille pretends owes its origin to a map of his and was undertaken according to a memoir made by himself i had the honour he says in seventeen thirty one to present this chart to the empress anne and to the senate in order to stimulate the russians to explorations of what still remained to be discovered and it had its effect was it time or age which caused m de lille to commit this error could he have forgotten the orders which led him to make the chart in question had he remembered it perhaps he would not have said that he presented the chart of the empress and still less that he made it in order to excite the russians to new discoveries at that time i visited m de lille i was a witness of his geographical labours as far as they had new discoveries for their object i acted as interpreter to mr bering in the conversations which he had with him and i can assert positively that when m de lille began that chart the second expedition was already ordered and captain bering knowing what was still wanting to his discoveries offered to continue them and his lieutenants with him and they each received promotion in consequence it is therefore true that m de lille's work must be attributed to the orders of his superiors and i remember that the empress anne having commissioned her secretary to give the necessary instructions to mr bering for his new voyage the latter did not think he could carry it on successfully without getting from the academy all the information possible concerning the countries and waters where he was to navigate the academy was therefore called upon by the senate and it ordered m de lille to compile the chart of which i speak and in order that it might be better understood to explain it in a memoir which having been done the chart and the memoir were presented to the senate by the academy so that there can be no possible doubt that so far from having stimulated the russians to new discoveries so far from having occasioned the new voyage of mr bering m de lille only worked according to the orders he had received this arises another question as to whether the memoir caused the success of the expedition which i will treat later on however that may be the senate gave a copy of it to mr bering as well as of the chart i took a second copy which enables me to compare it with what m de lille tells us about it in his last memoir from paris he pretends to have proposed three different routes to be followed in order to discover what was still unknown the first to sail straight to japan pass yeko or rather the straits which separated from the island of the states and the land of the company to discover what is to the north of yeko and search for the passage between that country and the coast of eastern tartary this is what is called giving advice after the event in the original memoir there is not a word said about any such researches m de lille contents himself with proposing three different routes for finding the countries lying near to kamchatka on the east the first two we must admit agree well enough with the second and third routes mentioned in the paris memoir they are expressed in these terms one if one advances to the most northern extremity of asia and at the same time the most eastern point reached by captain bering wrong supposition as i have already remarked one cannot fail to reach america no matter what route one takes between the northeast and southeast at a distance of not more than six hundred leagues great error in estimating the distance of the opposite lands of asia and america since they are only separated in the north by a narrow strait which widens as it goes south two without going so far it would perhaps be easier to start from the eastern coast of kamchatka sail directly east and reconnoitre the neighbouring land of which mr bering discovered indications on his first voyage in regard to the third route m de lille conjectures as follows three 
perhaps the country seen by don juan de gama might be found more speedily and with more certitude by seeking them to the southeast of kamchatka the outcome of which project showed him his mistake which is apparently the reason that induced him to change it to that of the route of japan and yeko nothing is so imperfect in detail and withal so dry as the recital of mr bering's voyage with which m de lille regales us he makes him start in seventeen forty one to look to the east of kamchatka for the land which he had seen indications of in his first voyage he did not go very far he says for being assailed by a violent storm during thick weather he could not remain at sea and brought up on a desert island in latitude fifty four degrees only a short distance from the port of avatka from whence he had sailed mr bering then did nothing but fail and he did so soon after leaving port i must therefore supplement the meagreness of m de lille's relation by giving an account of the voyage of mr bering and the other officers chiefs of these expeditions which will be so much the more easy as i took part in them and as i can besides refer to the charts and journals of each vessel as proofs of my correctness the captain commanding bering and captains spangenberg and chirikov with several other naval officers left st petersburg in the spring of seventeen thirty three they waited at yakutsk and ochotsk until the vessels being built at this latter place for their expedition were completed and when all was ready for the departure of m de spangenberg he was dispatched first according to the orders of the senate he started then from ochotsk in the month of june seventeen thirty eight having three vessels under his command to which he added a large covered row-boat of twenty-four oars which he caused to be constructed at Bolshevitskoy Ostrog, in Kamchatka, where he wintered. This boat was to be used to go into the narrow straits between the islands that they might find, and where the ships could not go. In the summer of 1739 he went to Japan, the long chain of islands situated between Japan and Kamchatka serving to guide him. He landed at two different places in Japan, and was received with great civility by the people of the country. But he never went to Matsmai the principal place on the island of yeko as m de lille erroneously states he thought he had sufficiently complied with his instructions without doing so and returning to otsogtsk passed the winter at yakutsk as soon as a detailed account of this voyage was seen in st petersburg they concluded by the route which mr spangenberg had followed that he must have passed near the coast of korea and he was therefore ordered to make a second voyage in order to confirm the first he started in seventeen forty one and seventeen forty two but his ship built hastily and of unseasoned wood leaked and obliged him to return mr Bering and chirikov left otsogts the fourth of september seventeen forty they both had the same destination the second was to follow the track of the first they only took different vessels so as to be able to assist each other more efficaciously in case of any accident without entering the rolshaya river as is customary in coming from mochosk they immediately rounded the southern point of kamchatka and anchored at avachka or port of st peter and st paul as they called it while wintering in these places they made all their preparations for commencing in spring their principal voyage which was to have america as its object owing however to the uncertainty as to the route which they were to follow mr bering assembled a naval council on the fourth of may seventeen forty one and it was resolved to endeavour first to discover the land of don juan de gama a fatal resolution which was the cause of all of our disasters the fourth june we put to sea 
mr baring had on his vessel sent by the academy an adjutant mr stella physician by profession but above all well versed in all that pertained to natural history m de la croyere was with mr chirikoff although mr baring and mr chirikoff were not to separate according to their instructions they could not avoid it for eight days after sailing they were separated by storms and fogs the search for the pretended land of gamma caused them to direct their course southeast they continued to sail in that direction as far as the forty-sixth degree without however finding the slightest vestige of it then they changed their course to the northeast and both reached the coast of america but in different places and without knowing of the whereabouts of the other mr baring and we who accompanied him saw land for the first time after being six weeks at sea we then calculated that we were about five hundred dutch leagues from avacha we provided ourselves with fresh water we saw indications of inhabitants but could perceive no one after being at anchor three days mr baring consulted with his officers and it was resolved to return the twenty first july we weighed anchor before sunrise there was nothing to do but to follow the coast which stretched westward but navigation was seriously embarrassed by frequent islands and when we tried to put to sea we were met by storms and contrary winds which caused us new delays every day in order to procure fresh water we returned towards the coast from which we had kept as far as possible soon it was in sight seeming about ten miles distant we anchored between the islands and the one where we landed was schumagin ostrov the water was good but although taken from a lake there was nevertheless some sea water in it brought by the tide which sometimes inundated the island afterwards we felt disastrous effects from its use in sickness and the loss of several of our men who died we tried in vain during three or four days to discover some natives of the country whose fires we could see at night on the coast the fourth of september these savages finally came of themselves in little canoes and having announced their arrival to us by a loud cry they presented us with their calumets in sign of peace these calumets were sticks with the wings of falcons attached to the end we understood from their gestures that they were inviting us to come on land in order to furnish us with provisions and fresh water we wished to profit by the opportunity and some of us ventured to follow them but soon however misunderstandings arose and all communication was broken off the sixth of september after having at first had a tolerably good wind for the voyage we began to find that as we advanced the obstacles were increasing nothing but coasts and islands on every side mr baring wished to get away from them by sailing more southwards and in truth for several days the sea appeared much more free our joy however was of short duration the twenty fourth of september in latitude fifty four degrees we came upon coasts bordered with a number of islands and at the same time a violent tempest arose which lasted seventeen days and sent us back a distance of eighty miles an old pilot acknowledged that during the fifty years that he had followed the sea he had never seen such a storm we should then stop calling this ocean pacific this name may perhaps be suitable to it in the tropics but certainly is wrongly given to it here the weather became calm again but our provisions were by this time considerably diminished and there was only about a third of our crew who remained well and serviceable after all the hardships to which they had been exposed there was still more than half of our way to make counting from the extreme point of our voyage in the east to avacha in view of these facts 
many of us were of opinion that it would be better to winter somewhere in america rather than run the risk of encountering new dangers worse perhaps than those we had just escaped and these counsels came near prevailing over those who were of opinion that we should make a supreme effort to reach Avacha, and that it would be time to think of seeking another refuge when we had lost all hope of succeeding in so doing the month of october however was passed as fruitlessly as the preceding ones the thirtieth of that month we came upon two islands which seemed to us to bear some resemblance to the first two of those islands which stretch from the southern extremity of kamchatka to japan thereupon we directed our course northwards and the fourth november having observed the latitude we found that we were under the fifty-sixth parallel the fifth however finished our voyage wishing to sail to the west we struck upon a desert island where we had a good prospect of finishing our lives our vessel went to pieces upon one of those banks with which the island is surrounded and we were not long in seeking land which we fortunately reached with everything which we thought we should need by a special dispensation of providence the winds and waves threw the remains of our vessel on shore we gathered them together to try with the aid of god to put ourselves in a position to leave this sorry dwelling the island where we now found ourselves was destitute of trees we were therefore obliged to depend upon the wood that the sea brought us to build our cabins and warm ourselves we gave to this desert place the name of bering island in honour of the chief of our expedition and it was there that he died on the eighth of december of grief and sorrow at having to give up all hope of returning to kamchatka he refused to eat or drink and disdained the shelter of our cabins his advanced age could not rally under such disaster we young men kept our courage up resisted with firmness all discouragement made it a duty to still enjoy life and to make as much as we could out of our prison home before our arrival bering island was the refuge only of the inhabitants of the sea who came there to breathe the air and deposit their young we were therefore able at first to observe these creatures very closely without their taking fright it was only after having seen several of their number fall before our guns that they fled at our approach we killed a great number of them as much to furnish us with food as for their skins it was by these valuable spoils splendid castor skins that we were repaid in some measure for our sufferings at the approach of spring the following year we built of the remains of our vessel as we have intended a large covered boat furnished with anchors and sails and able to live at sea if not exposed to storms in this boat we confided ourselves to the sea trusting in providence the seventeenth of august seventeen forty two and after nine days at sea with beautiful calm weather we arrived safely at avacha on the twenty sixth giving thanks to the almighty who had delivered us from such great dangers and imbued us with gratitude such as time can never efface from this account we can correct the error of m de lille who places bering island at the fifty-fourth degree only a short distance from avacha whereas it is on the fifty-sixth parallel sixty miles from avacha and forty dutch miles from the mouth of the kamchatka river the voyage of mr chirikov although attended with less fatigue and danger was not less painful to him his tender heart which his profession of mariner had not rendered indifferent to the sufferings of others was indeed sorely tried after parting from mr bering sailing northwest he came on the fifteenth of july to a country the shores of which were lined with rugged rocks 
on the foot of which rolled a deep sea he prudently refrained from approaching too near the shore but at the end of three days sent the pilot abraham dementiev with a crew of ten men to reconnoitre the country neither dementiev nor any of those who accompanied him ever returned and most sincerely was he mourned and deservedly so for he was young good-looking of an honourable family steady and clever in his profession and zealous in the service of his country after waiting six days mr chirikov sent the boatman sidor savalov with three men but they did not return any more than the others while waiting for their return we constantly saw smoke on the shores and the day after the departure of the boatman two men in different boats came from the spot where dementiev and savalov had landed when they had approached near enough to be heard they began to call out a guy a guy and then went back mr chirikov did not know what to think of their conduct and now despairing of the return of his men and having no more boats to send on shore he determined on the twenty seventh of july to leave the place follow the coast as much as possible and then return to kamchatka Monsieur de lille then makes an addition of his own when he says that mr chirikov made many excursions into the country during the month of august while waiting for the return of his men to return to the truth mr chirikov in a distance of one hundred miles never lost sight of land he battled often with contrary winds had much anxiety on account of the heavy fogs and lost an anchor which he had put out not far from the coast in a moment of great danger he was visited by twenty-one canoes of tanned skins each one containing a man but this was all for he was unable to converse with them the scarcity of water and the scurvy carried off many of his men among the officers he lost two lieutenants lichatchev and plautin fine men and excellent mariners who might have rendered good service had they lived mr chirikov himself began to have the symptoms of disease but good food and the air on land restored him to health monsieur de la croyere was not so fortunate he appeared to have held his own until he was just at the point of death his companions marvelled at the good effects of the large quantities of brandy which he drank every day but they soon saw that the only good it did him was to make him forget his sufferings he died on the tenth of october as they were entering the port of avacha having dressed himself to go on shore and having celebrated his arrival by new excesses we cannot ignore the important service rendered by monsieur de la croyere to the expedition when he recognized the americans who came to mr chirikov as bearing great resemblance to the inhabitants of canada whom he had met while serving in that country seventeen years before coming to russia with the king of france's troops Unquote. note a pamphlet which has just come into my possession entitled lettre de monsieur d'anville au arpe castel je suis au sujet de pays de kamchatka etc vicesimo quarto paris seventeen thirty seven throws some light on the map of duhald seventeen thirty two and definitely fixes the date and locality of the observation of the eclipse of the moon referred to by de lille and the russian officer as well as later geographers d'anville says quote, the map of bering's voyage is attributed to me the only part i had therein was to reduce it from the much larger original map of which i had made a tracing by means of oiled paper i first learned of bering's voyage by letters from de lille then in russia and finally an account of this voyage having been sent to r p du halde by his majesty stanislas king of poland it was placed in my hands 
likewise both by a sheet of astronomical observations made by bering which came to me later and by the same letters of m de lille i knew that the mouth of the river of kamchatka was found by astronomical determination to be in latitude fifty six degrees and some minutes bering in his navigation doubled the southern point of this continent kamchatka in latitude fifty one degrees ten seconds as is expressly noted in the sheet of observations which is now before me but though the solution of the difficulty in the case of the land of jaco may be very simple and natural yet it was not obvious to me it may be said for bering's voyage and observations caused me to recur to this subject and i can no longer doubt that the eastern coast of tartary should be moved to the east as far as the maps of the jesuits first indicated for although m de strollenberg in his excellent map of siberia shows only sixty-five degrees of longitude between tobolsk and okhotsk and there are even less in de lille's map of tartary yet bering's map indicates that there are seventy-four degrees it was found that it okhotsk is twenty-five degrees off of the meridian of peking which the observations of pigaubil placed in one hundred and thirteen degrees fifty odd minutes from paris so that it closely approximates the one hundred and thirty nine degrees which we have found it to be from bering's observations this determination does not differ much from the result of some astronomical observations which as i learn from china m de lille now in russia contemplated using in order to ascertain approximately the longitude of kamchatka the observation upon which i place the most dependence and which likewise gives the greatest difference is of an eclipse of the moon of february twenty fifth seventeen twenty eight of which the end was observed on the west coast of kamchatka in latitude fifty two degrees forty six minutes north sirius having an altitude of nineteen degrees eighteen minutes to the west wherefrom m de lille calculated that the true time answered to six hours fifty two minutes p m this eclipse the end especially fell throughout europe in the daytime but having been observed in carthagena west indies by d jean herrera where it ended at three hours thirty four minutes a m a difference of eight hours forty two minutes is deduced between the meridians of carthagena and the coast of kamchatka Unquote. it is thus evident that bering observed an eclipse of the moon in kamchatka and that the observations came into the hands of m d'anville a w g january the twenty first eighteen ninety two and of section twenty two